the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan's big electric switch. Scrappage is now available on your old car when you switch to a 100% electric Nissan Leaf. And this is the hard shoulder. Kieran Cuddy with you until seven o'clock. Time now for what is fast becoming one of my favourite features in this show: our Dictators World Series. Looking at the well, I was going to say the great and the good, the greatest, <laughs> greatest dictators uh, in history. Uh, Simon Tierney, as always, with me. Simon, we've had Kim Jong Un, we've had Ceausescu, we've had Saddam, we had Fidel Castro last week. This week, we have someone I know very little about. Who is it? We've had all the lads, all the <laughs> lads there. Yeah, this guy not as well known as uh, the previous previous inductees into our Hall of Fame, Kieran Emilio Medici. Okay, <laughs> Medici. I butchered that name more than once today. I butchered it though because I, I was making this point to you during the ad break. Brazil is probably the largest country I know least about. Mm. Like I know very little about lots of countries in the world, but like Brazil is a huge country, a huge economy, huge country on the the world stage. I know very little about its history. Yeah, it, it is. It's interesting. Um, I only started to get to know Brazilian history when I started going there a few years ago, and it's fascinating. It's military dictatorship, which ran from sixty four to eighty five. Kieran is perhaps less well known than its neighbours, which in some ways were more bloody and more violent. This dictatorship, even though it was twenty one years long before it came down, we didn't know the extent of the disappearances, the tortures, the executions that took place until afterwards, because there was an amnesty on people who were involved in it. And it was down to people like uh, Dilma Rousseff, who became president um, uh, afterwards, that uh, commissions were set up to investigate what happened and things like that. But Emilio... um, uh, Medici, he was perhaps the most notorious leader of that dictatorship. Okay, so he wasn't the only one. Though, was he? he wasn't there for the whole 21 years, but he was there for a good uh, chunk of it. Tell me a little bit about him. Okay, so what he did was he presided over a very controversial policy called AI5. Now, this essentially shut down democratic rights of people in Brazil. Um, it was particularly harsh in terms of civil liberties. So, for example, habeas corpus was suspended. It allowed the police to arrest any citizen without charge and hold them for up to 60 days. It cut down on press freedoms and a variety of other things, which basically allowed the military, this was a junta, to have free reign over uh, what people were doing in the country at that time. Okay, so they, this this law, I suppose, gave them a- absolute power. How did they wield that power? Yeah, so perhaps the most egregious aspects of this dictatorship were the torture and enforced disappearances, those policies of those two things. What they were trying to do with these, like why was this happening, is because in any of the dictatorships that we've looked at in this series, Kieran, one of the primary goals and one of the primary ways that any dictatorship sustains its own power is through the absolute eradication, the destruction of any political dissidents. And that's what Emilio Medici was doing. So the ways he did this was, uh, perhaps the worst part of it was um, torture. Now, I mentioned Dilma Rousseff. People will know her because she was the president of the country in the early 2010s at the same time as sort of Obama. 
And um, she was a member of the underground resistance. At the age of 22 years of age in 1970, she was captured. She spent three years behind bars and she was tortured. It was a particularly horrible form of torture. It was called the Pau de Arara. This is the, par- the parrot's perch where she was um, basically tied up with by her legs upside down naked from a wooden beam and um, she had electric shocks applied to her feet and to her ears. This was quite widespread during the military dictatorship. One of the most, the worst examples of the way that Emilio Medici operated his, uh, his dictatorship was a process of enforced disappearances. And I found this really fascinating and upsetting to research, Kieran, because we see a number of dictatorships across the world which have used disappearances and mm. it's one of the worst things. There is no closure for a family when this happens. We've seen it in our own country as well with our own troubles. But what happened with them was that literally a family member would disappear one day um, if they had connections with the political opposition and they the reason that the regime did this is because it was a way of having plausible deniability. We don't know where that person is. But of course, they were executed by the government. And there's no closure. There's no burial for that person. They just disappear. And this happened to over 150 Brazilians during the military dictatorship. So this is what they did. And and, and you mentioned Rousseff and others. This all came out in the wash, ultimately, did it? Yeah, um, there was a famous um, commission uh, which published a report called Brazil Nunca Mais, which means Brazil Never Again. And this came out in the late 1980s and there were further commissions of reconciliation in the 90s and, and beyond under Rousseff under Rousseff and it shocked millions of Brazilians or it made them wake up to what had happened in their own country. There were financial reparations uh, as well to Mm. the families of the disappeared and there was a kind of a a reckoning and an atoning whether it's gone far enough. I, I think that's debatable depending on who you speak to but there are deep emotional wounds about the identity of the country and what was allowed to happen. And I suppose the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because of, uh, it was in the news recently with Pele. Yeah, so this is the new documentary that uh, is about Pele and his life. And and he came in for a bit of criticism once this was out for his ties to the Junta. Yeah, it's a brilliant uh, documentary. It's just come out on Netflix if, if listeners want to watch it. But um he was at the height of his fame, of course, in the late 60s, early 1970s, when the when Emilio Medici was in power. And Medici really used Pele. Pele always claimed to be apolitical, and he never overtly said that he supported one party or the other, or the dictatorship. But he allowed himself to be a pawn, in many ways, of mm. the dictatorship. When they won the World Cup in 1970, uh, Medici invited him to the palace and, you know, he used those photograph opportunity, photography, photographic opportunities which were beamed, those images were beamed across the world. And the fact that Pele, the most famous footballer in the world, was there smiling and, and being embraced by this military dictator, it allowed Medici to get some legitimacy from that. 
Yeah, look, it, it is a, a remarkable story. And again, you say it's in the news because of Pele in recent weeks. It was in the news a couple of years ago as well. The current president, Bolsonaro, he's a fan. He is, yeah. Um, that's well known for, you know, he's a member of the, the right wing in Brazilian politics for, for many, many years. Controversially, he celebrated and commemorated the uh, military coup of 1964 in 2019, much to the outrage of the centre and the left in that country and perhaps rightly so. Uh, well listen it's a, another a great story another great inductee to our uh, dictators uh, hall of fame. <laughs>